we see a young lady sitting down. She has a Butler jersey on. Say, excuse me, is that a Jimmy Butler jersey you have on? She says, yeah, why? I mean, because he is the best player on the Bulls, right? There it is, in effect, right there for you. It's the future. Down and distance. It's on WGNRadio.com. Foul saw, and here comes Derek the other way. Ahead to Butler. Flashes in. Butler. Gasol back to Jimmy. Fumbled it. Got it back. Out to Derek. Down in distance. WGNRadio.com. Sean Davis, SD2 Mics. Got my guy Terrence Tomlin. Cam Smith. Eugene McIntosh. And we're talking about the beef. The locker room beef. The city beef. The national beef. I mean, this has just become a beef. It's, the story has outgrown what I even thought it could be. And I think the rumblings were kind of like at the end of last year, going into the contract negotiations for Jimmy Butler. You started to hear some rumblings. You started to hear some stories, which I thought was very ironic. I still think it's very ironic. And uh, I'm just going to say something, and I'm going to let you guys go at it. This is what I said last week on the podcast JP asked me the question. He said, for the betterment of this organization, does Derek need to pull a D-Wade and know that this is his town, just like D-Wade knew that Miami was his city, and just go ahead and let the ego feed on what it has to feed on for the betterment of the organization, the way he did for LeBron. And I said this, as long as the last dude being called out over the PA is and now Period. from Chicago. Period. Mm-hmm. As long as you hear that, Period. last, yeah. I don't want to hear anything else. Period, brother. When that's no longer being said, then I'll go down that road. Yeah. But until yeah. then, it is what it is. Your thoughts. Let's get into it. I mean, it, I, I think you kind of hit it on the head, Sean, with, with this thing starting to build going back to last season during the playoffs now. I remember, remember the, the series against Milwaukee, yeah. the first round series. Yeah. All right. They're in Milwaukee, watching that game the entire time, watching Rose and Butler, but just start to seeing little things. If you know basketball, you know how guys can look each other off mm-hmm. and not give them to give the ball to them in certain areas. You know, if you're handling the ball, you got a teammate oh, up ahead. You don't pass right, right. You don't pass the ball up ahead. And I started to notice that with Butler when he would have the ball, he would look off D Rose. D Rose would look off uh, Jimmy Butler. And late in that game. Butler made a couple of big shots, and it was one situation where he made a big shot, and he looked back at the Bulls bench and just told Tibbs and the coaching staff, give me the effing ball. Mm-hmm. And so if he's doing that at the time, he's not looked at as, or viewed as the leader of the team, right. then you got a problem. And you look at a guy like Rose, whose personality is really passive, really quiet guy, doesn't really say much. He's not as demonstrative as you would want him to be like a D-Wade and getting back to that D-Wade point of if Rose should pull the D-Wade move. I don't think, really think that that's in him personality-wise. I think Derek is one of those guys that kind of lays back, okay, things work out, they work out. If they don't, I'll just move on. I don't think he'll come to the point where it says, okay, this is my team, this is my city, dude, take a back seat. I just don't think that that's in him. So we've seen this thing start to fester and build going back to the, the, the Milwaukee series. And now it's one of those things where – you don't even recognize Derrick Rose as the face of the Chicago Bulls right now. It's Jimmy Butler. And you're looking at a guy that's from Tomball, Texas, and nothing against Tomball, Texas. Exactly. I got family in Dallas and Tyler, Texas. <laughs> right. Nothing wrong with that. But if you're saying that a guy's from the south side of Chicago, no way. one of the hearts of the city, and it's not recognized 
as the face of a franchise of the Chicago Bulls, who is known worldwide just off the strength of MJ. That's a, that's a big problem. That is a big problem. Yeah. Uh, my, Gene, get it off your chest. Oh, brother. <laughs> get it off your Me chest. Me and Terrence have these talks nightly, man. And my thing – so we're we're known as the Jimmy Butler haters, which is totally untrue. And I'm like, known as the Derrick Rose apologist. So <laughs> exactly, you, you know, same team, different title. It's like Cam said. It's like, come on, brother. We're from the we're all from the South Side. Well, I'm from the South Side of Chicago. Derrick Rose is like one of us. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like he's inside of us. So my my moment was over the summer when Jimmy started talking that point guard talk. It's like, brother, you're a small forward. And he's first still of all. talking it. You're yeah. sti- and he's sti- it's, it's nothing. It's nothing. It's, 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 nothing it's, it's really not that hard. Yeah. Okay, we're mm-hmm. on the outside looking in for the first time in eight years, man. And I, as far as leadership is concerned, it's earned. It's not given. It's not taken. And I just think Jimmy, he's a really good player. I don't think he's a number one option. He's a really good player, and I just think he's he's stuck his foot in his mouth at the beginning of the year and. Now I think with the knee injury and a couple other things that have happened this year, now I think he – oh, it may not because his latest comments really show that I just really don't know what he's thinking, man. And as far as the locker room is concerned, there's no camaraderie. It's, it's in funny that. you yeah. say that because through the years we've always heard about why don't they tell Reggie to shut up? Mm-hmm. Why don't they tell his people to stop saying things? Mm-hmm. And my thing is – where are the people that are going to tell Jimmy, like, right, yo, exactly. slow down, bro? Yeah. I, I, And, you know, for me, I definitely think this Jimmy thing started, uh, like Cameron said, versus the Cavaliers last year where you started to hear Jimmy say things on the court like, well, they can't guard me. Mm-hmm. Or, like, give, me, give the me the ball, ball. and yeah. get out the yeah. way. You know, and like you said, when we have a guy – with dynamic offensive skills like Derrick Rose, that kind of confused me. It's like, well, how about you give the ball to Derrick and you get out the way? Mm-hmm. That was my initial feeling. And then, as you know, as it as we move forward in that series, and Jimmy ended up giving you know giving up that three to LeBron. That was my first dose of okay, now how is he going to continue to talk when he gave up? You know that that game winning three that basically was the the last sign of anything good the Bulls had. You know the Bulls had hope before that three. It all went down with that three. Thank you, Jimmy. Double-digit lead going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. That's yeah. more than hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. A lot of confidence at that point. Let me go back to the Bulls having another opportunity to yeah. beat, get over yeah. the hump, yeah, you go, beat LeBron, the get window. Cleveland in the hole, right. going mm-hmm. back to Cleveland. But mm-hmm. would have been 3-1, right? 3-1. Yeah. would have been 3-1, going back to Cleveland. 3-1. Yep. Exactly. Jimmy's mishap, LeBron's fade away from the corner. Now, but, it's, now it's renewed confidence for the Cavaliers oh going you back know? home. And then we haven't even talked about, after that, Jimmy got paid. Jimmy got $94 million to support, you know, where he, where in his mind he thought he was going. Right. He was becoming the face of the team long before, you know, we recognized it. And, you know, when it started to come out, you know, this, you know, now we have our reactions. And we're like, oh, what is Jimmy doing? Like, Jimmy believes he's the best player on the team. Yeah. You know, I don't see anything that can stop him from thinking that right now. Yeah. You know, and like you guys said, with those point guard comments, I think it's obvious that Jimmy is implementing himself and almost telling everybody, look, get Derrick Rose off this team, yeah, guys. Yeah, basically, basically. All right, it's a new sheriff in town, and I can run the point. <laughs> you know, yeah. I can run the point guard position just in case you guys think, uh, you know, that I can. I can do what, you know, the guy you love can do, you know, so. Well, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong on this one, and this has been my thing with, with, with Derrick. 
I think he's been through so much here in Chicago as a professional athlete, not even just as a professional, but even down at Memphis when all that stuff came out about, you know, him not going to class mm-hmm. and, you know, that season basically being wiped out and just his name being drugged through the media kind of got, you know, you know, forgotten about when he was drafted number one, hometown kid playing for his hometown city, wins the MVP, youngest MVP in NBA history, gets the knee injury, has the return, just going through a lot of just back and forth through the media. I think he's just kind of, almost not just done with basketball, but just done playing basketball in Chicago. I really think he is. And so with Jimmy coming out and making the comments that he's made and saying, give me the ball here and there and wanting to be that guy, I think Derek just kind of sat back and just, you know, leaned back in his chair and said, okay, Mm -hmm. they're going to do you the same way they did me. But at the same time, I'm not going to say anything to you. I'm going to let you go through this storm, and they're going to put you through the same fire. They're going to love you, and then once you get injured, but once you don't produce, they'll turn on you. It's kind of like uh, with the Dark Knight, where the Joker was telling Batman. He was like, you know what? They'll turn on you like a leopard. The yes. microcosm They'll change the spots like a leopard. You yeah, say that, man. Mm-hmm. Derek taking a step back. I think Derek had somebody else that took that stance with him, that really didn't like what was happening, the transformation in Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. We can go back to game six. A lot of people try to throw out the narrative, Derek Rose quit. Let me tell you something. Derrick Rose left that first quarter with 10 points, team up four, giving Cleveland the business. Tibbs left Jimmy Butler out there with that team until the four-minute mark of the second quarter. When Derrick returned to that game, it was a 12-point deficit. Mm -hmm. Tibbs chose that moment and that night to make a point to where the brass was thinking and where Jimmy Butler was thinking wow. to say, yeah. huh, you think this direction mm-hmm. is what you really want? Come on, Derek, sit down. 100%. We're going to show you. Yep. And, and I, I think at, at that point, Derek kind of did want to wash his hands, say, you know what? Yeah. I'm done. I'm not coming I'm back done. in this game and putting this team on my back. And you can see it in After this play. Yeah. Passive. He'll pass, cut through, mm-hmm. stand in the corner. Now, from that standpoint, yeah, if you felt like he didn't react to the situation the right way, but I think he was very aware. I think Tibbs is, Tibbs is very aware of what was going on, and I think Jimmy was aware. But guess what? He couldn't get the job done. This is your opportunity. You yeah. want to prove yourself? Go ahead. And LeBron was on the bench, I think, for the first five minutes of that 12 minutes that Derrick Rose was on the bench yeah. watching the lead evaporate and go into a double-digit deficit. It was just crazy. Now, move forward. All the comments you talked about, Eugene, you talked about all the comments that have come out of Jimmy Butler's mouth this year. Uh, throwing Hoiberg under the table, being very cryptic, and throwing other teammates under the table, talking about playing the position that is considered by most analysts and most experts as the hardest position to play in the NBA and saying, well, it's really not that hard. Mm. I'm going to tell you something, and people might not like this, man. Let's go. I might cross over. They might brand me as a, a Butler hater, too. Let me tell you something, man. I look at stories. I look at narratives. Number one, I give you credit when credit is due. I've given him credit for the work he's put in. I've given him credit for the contract. He earned it, the player he's become. I'm not giving you credit when you had a home and you got kicked out, bro. That's not being homeless. Mm. I hear that. You got a home. Mm. You have one. You made the decision Mm. not to be there. Now, there's some people out there that are truly homeless that will feel really disrespected. If that narrative was let, we continue to let that narrative breathe without speaking on it. No. It's getting hot in here right now. There has to be some accountability, bro. Yeah. You had a home. You made decisions. 
that allow you not to be able to abide under that roof. And that dates back to many, many years ago. Many, right? many years ago. Okay. So we fast forward to now. Exactly. There you go. The best politician in Chicago is Jimmy Butler. Mm. Oh, wow. Hey, me the and Best Ter- politician. Check it yeah, out. Right City for it, right? Yep. <laughs> Check it out. Me and Terrence went to Ten Pen the other night. We see a young lady sitting down. She has a Butler shirt, jersey on. We say, let's let's mess with her real quick. <laughs> say, excuse me, is that a Jimmy Butler jersey you have on? She says, yeah, why? I mean, because he is the best player on the Bulls, right? Wow. There it is. Wow. In effect, right there for you. Wow. You know, but touching on Jimmy Butler's background, I think it's very interesting interesting that you brought that up because that has been what has driven him throughout his whole career. Absolutely. It's been, well, Jimmy came from nothing. Yeah. He was homeless, lived in his car. And now look at him. He put in all this work to be the best player on the Bulls. Now, if that, his foundation is, you know, built on I'm fabrication. I'm the true right. definition of you homeless. Are. Yeah, uh, you, you are. are. You're right. I appreciate exactly. right. that, yeah. The true definition of homeless. Mm-hmm. Period. Like, you have no options. Yeah. When you have options... Yeah, he got it's a, not really what you were. Yeah. That's something yeah. that you come out immediately and say, you know what? I, I was kicked out of my house. My mom's loved me, you right. know, and I I had I couldn't stay at my house. I, I wasn't going down there. But like you said, that's not what we've heard. That paints a, a picture oh, a totally different picture of his family oh. and parents. Like, and then he gets picked up by surrogate parents. And, mm-hmm. You know, like this happens and mm-hmm. that happens. He goes to Marquette Junior College. Marquette drafted by the Bulls. Works himself up. Didn't have anything. Nobody wanted him. And it's like, bro, you're trying to build this case like a politician. Right, right. You're trying to draw in that empathy. Wow. So you can be elevated just like a politician does. And then once you say something, you know how to clean it up better than anybody I've seen. (laughs) And the people are buying it just like they buy from. He's the best politician in this city. Well, I mean, it's, it's funny how similar the 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 narratives and, and the you know the transitions for Jimmy and Derek have been coming into the positions that they are in now. So I mean, humble beginnings, kids had really worked their tails off, great kids. Now the difference with Jimmy and Derek is Jimmy's definitely a lot more media savvy and what what he says in the media and how he presents himself. Derek not too much. So again, like with Derek, it's him looking back and saying, "All right, you know what? I'll let you take all the heat. Go through this. Yep. They'll spit you out." I'll be in L.A. kind of just sitting back and relaxing because I've been there. I've done that. I've been MVP of this league. I've been the face of this franchise in Chicago, one of the toughest cities in America, in the world. And I know how they're going to do this. I know how they're going to play you and how they'll turn you out to be the villain. And that's the kind of that's the kind of persona that Jimmy is starting to take on now with the city. Everybody's kind of tired of that. Okay, well, you know, he worked his way up. Okay, now he's paid. Now what can you do? People always Mm -hmm. want more. Mm-hmm. All right, we loved you. You're a humble kid. All right, you finally got your check. Now can what? Now can you can you bring us a championship? Can you be MVP? If you don't fall up, if you don't fall into those expectations or live up to those expectations, then you're a villain. And we know that. We've seen it time and time again in Chicago. It was a time in Chicago when people hated Mike Period. because he went to the Wizards. Yeah. How could you turn your back on Chicago? Yeah. And people hated Mike when he played for the Wizards. So, I mean, it, it's one of those things with Jimmy. You have to realize the situation that you're in. And just be quiet. Just play. Yes. How, just do you, play. how does this end? How does the beef end, man? Let me let me backtrack on what Cam was saying about Rose. It's like, um, you know, me and we, me and Terrence, we kind of formed a 
you know, a personal relationship with him just off the strength. Like I said earlier, we, you know, he's one of us. So we would keep in contact. We went out to L.A. for the series they had against the Clippers and the Lakers, and we got to talk to him a few times. So, But I talked to him through text maybe a couple weeks before, and I was just, like you said, we're basketball players. Right. We can read between the lines. We can see your demeanor on the court. We can read through all of that. So I just came out and asked him 100%. Man, looks like you don't even have fun out there, bro. Mm. Going back to what Cam was saying, it's like, and I'm just going to be blunt said. He said, no, I don't. Now, when we interviewed him in L.A., he I asked him again for the people, and I knew he wasn't going to go out and say exactly right. what he said. He's, right. He kind of switched it around, and he gave something. But back to what Cam was saying, same thing. It's like when I was MVP, I was here. And now that I can't, I'm not MVP, and I, you know, the league has found these new guys, Steph, Westbrook, and these other guys, and now I'm just back to being one of the guys. Jimmy, I, you know, I tried to warn you. I'm sure you've heard it before. If you didn't see it, it's right here in your face, man. So, like Cam said, I just take a back seat. His whole thing this year was to make sure he plays 69, 70 yeah. games. No, no knee injuries. He can take the elbow, the eye, all of that was fine. As long as his knees were fine, successful season for him. I don't know what people wanted from Rose this year. He takes, I, he does take blame for the fall, just like the rest of the team. But I, I just, I feel like he's lost the love for the game. You know, and that's, you know, that definitely leads right into how can this, you know, be resolved. Yeah, and. With that said, I don't see any other way. And I know Chicago is going to hate this, but I don't see how this ends with both of them on the team. It's going to take one of them leaving the squad and going from there. Either you'll go up or down, or, you know, whichever player you choose. But either Jimmy or Rose has to be somewhere else. I don't know if they can coexist. It's obvious who the chosen one is, man. I'm, I, is it just me? No. no, it's not just no, you. No, we said it here <laughs> yeah. on this podcast right. when Tibbs was fired. Moving forward, it's Nico and Jimmy. Yeah. It was obvious to us. Okay. It's about Nico and Jimmy. And then that Nico was like, well, Nico needs to go. It's like, bro, they've put in too much time and money. They waited. Nico, yeah. They scouted. Like, yeah. 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 They gifted bought him out of his contract. Yeah. Gifted a starting spot. Yeah. Threw Joe under the bus. Yeah. Oh. Man. Yeah. <laughs> They pretty much short-wired their own season <laughs> yeah. to try and promote what they thought would be the best thing for this team moving forward. Yeah. Derrick Rose ends up in L.A.? Um, I was talking to Jim Rose at Wrigley Field the other day. We had about a half-hour conversation, and we both – I'm the last one that would want to say this, man, but that would probably be his best option because next year he's going to kill. Look, right. If, right. If I'm, I'm saying it right now. And I'll put my Southside allegiance, Rose allegiance to the side. Yeah. If the Lakers get the number one pick, I'm calling them. Okay. Mm. I'm calling them. Like, look, send me the number one pick and Clarkson. I mean, because maybe not the number one pick because they might feel like they want Ben Simmons and they might feel like they want Thon Maker. Those are two kids. It's like, okay, I get it. Outside of those top two, if they got picked like four or five, mm-hmm. yeah. If I'm the Bulls, I would call the Lakers. I would. I would try to get Jordan Clarkson. Well, you see. D'Angelo Russell, <laughs> I don't know. Nah. But him and Jimmy in the same locker room, 
Yeah, and it's Hassan Whiteside in the same locker room with Jimmy. I don't know, but I don't think the Bulls get him anyway in free agency. So, just moving forward, man. You you know, as far as Rose to the Lakers, we all know he loves L.A. He spends his offseason time in L.A. Absolutely. The Lakers would be in position to tell the Bulls, well, we'll wait. We'll wait till yeah, Rose they is will. free agent. Exactly. They will. And they he'll will. come to us, you know, you know, when you guys don't want him anymore. So, the Bulls have put themselves in a, in a terrible position. Where it's Jimmy or nothing from them, Jimmy or nothing for them almost already. Now, if they were smart businessmen, that's that's the one they would move. And I'm not saying that because of roles. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm it's saying because that because teams his, will buy high right, yeah. value yeah. right yeah. now yeah. on Jimmy Butler. And the Bulls, you know, they have him look under at the contract history. before the TV money hits. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Which is a very good contract for a number one, which is what they would be getting mm-hmm. him to be. Whew. And if you can get, if Boston wants to give us two of their. Man, they have so many first-round picks. Yeah, they have a lot of They want to give us two. A lot of pieces. And throw Marcus Smart in the deal. Or maybe somebody else. Mm-hmm. Or Jimmy Butler. You got to entertain it. You have to. You have you to. Have to. Have to. If you're a smart to. businessman. Say deal and hang up the phone. <laughs> it is. And you probably could get more from Danny Ainge. If he wanted him at the All-Star break, and he wants him now, yeah. in the offseason, Hey, that's how dreams are born, right? Kobe was sinking until they found suckers in the Memphis Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. Right? 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 This Bulls organization is sinking. Let's it, go find a sucker. Is this the worst season ever? Bulls? Yeah. Because just... Emotionally, the, as a fan, yes. So The worst I've experienced. There we go. The worst I've experienced. Because I've go. gone to the Tim Floyd era games mm-hmm. and sat up there <laughs> and... Enjoy watching Jamal Crawford go through his legs 40 times. But Jamal Crawford, every now and then, would drop 50. Would drop 50. Exactly. You'd be yeah, like, oh, okay. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I see something. Mm-hmm. You saw Tyson Chandler every now and then. You saw Eddie Curry under Skiles. Skiles as he got better. Yeah. Putting in work. All of a sudden, this dude's putting up double-doubles. And he's defending a little bit until he got traded to New York because of his heart. Right, it so, there's always been some type of hope, mm-hmm. no matter how bad it got. Right, right now... It's a disappointment. Oh, man. A disappointment. Where do we go from here? (laughs) It's real bad. It's going to be a rebuilding. And I think we speak for 100% of Chicago fans, man. When we say Chicago Bulls, front office, Derrick Rose, Jimmy Butler, Fred, Pete Myers, and everybody else in that organization, man. You let us down. The whole city, man. You let us down. This dude convinced an organization. This is has this ever been done? I know Magic got rid of Westfall. Right, right, right. yeah, definitely. When he definitely. got there, mm-hmm. it's cool. He, matter of fact, he got rid of Norm Nixon. Mm-hmm. So this is Jimmy Butler and his who who gets rid of a coach and a top player. Magic did it in his like second year. That's Michael, right? That's Michael Corleone type That's stuff man. right there, mm-hmm. baby. Dude, With no rings, nothing, no rings, nothing, nothing, nothing to speak for. Magic won a ring as first. No, he got a most improved player. MIP, MIP, a couple of All Stars too. Right, right. Too. But no MVP though. Right. No MVP. So, you know what? If if I'm Derrick Rose right now, I made it through the season for the most part healthy, especially with my knees. Didn't have any setbacks with that. Any major setbacks, I should say, with right. that. Right. Going into the off season, my workouts will be in, more intense. I know my strength will be back next season. 
I'm just going for it all. Yep. I'm going for it all. It doesn't matter how many games we win or lose. I'm going to get mine because I know that my contract is up. <laughs> <laughs> TV money's going to kick in, yep. and I'll show everybody that I'm healthy and I'm ready to go. Now, one way Rose can throw a monkey wrench on the whole thing is if he comes back and is playing at that high level, does that then force the Bulls to, you know, enter into contract negotiations with him? And you see how the Bulls have changed stances on Pau Gasol, and now you hear that they want to bring Noah back. Right. Too late. Is yeah. it too late? Oh, too yeah. late. I think so. I think that's shifting point. Before we go, Brian Scalabrini was on Colin Cowherd. There was a, a big shift. Like, it was before when Scal was there and then when Scal wasn't there. There's a big difference. Oh. I don't mean to use myself in a third person, but once I got there, Derrick Rose was phenomenal. First, he won the MVP. He was the greatest teammate of all time. He was all about winning and winning championships. And then he got his knee injury. It's and then over. I don't know. I can't I can't speak for that guy because I see all the things that I saw in him before that, it changed a lot. He's not the I same left. player. He's not the same player. No, I know, but what, I mean, the, the attitude can remain the same, right? After the injury, something happened. If I had to ask you guys what happened, what would it be? What caused the shift in the attitude? You talked about it. I t- I, I'm standing on it. It's like Ice Cube said in 92, bro, and I'm a hip-hop historian. They'll have a new, they'll have a new brother next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He saw the writing was on the wall, man. I'm, and, and you look at Derek, too. He's a, he might, doesn't show it as much in the media as he did when he was younger, but at that time, you think about that, broke down, talking about his mom, MVP speech. He's an emotional cat. And to have that injury happen... And have those expectations of that team and thinking that they were going to make it to the finals because he was just playing out of his mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, at that time, everyone was saying there were two guys that we've never seen with this much speed and athleticism in the league. The first name out of everybody's mouths would be Derrick Rose. Yeah, well. And then what's Russ, Russell Westbrook. Yes. Now it's Russell Westbrook. And, yeah, you know, it. it used to be Derrick Rose. Yeah. He used to be in that conversation. Yeah. But during that time, man, it, a lot of emotions – a lot of mental trauma with that young man, just going through a lot, and it just changed his whole psyche. It changed his whole love of the game. Yeah, you he wonder why treated. he makes the statements he makes now before you, I let you go ahead, Terrence. The one thing that was a bright light right through in that dark time was P.J. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, yeah. Oh, that yeah. was the yeah. bright light oh, yeah. yes. when everything else was happening. Oh, yeah. So you wonder why when he came out of that, why he says the things he says about his kids and why he point, gets the backlash for it. That's a great How point. can you give a man backlash for wanting to be a father? I, I still don't get it. Only in Chicago. Right. You right. know, <laughs> only in Chicago fans. And it's definitely like what Cameron said. Derrick Rose saw his career flash before his eyes. You know, and, and suddenly everything else became his main thing. And he saw the importance in everything that wasn't basketball. And then he comes back here and there's nothing but scrutiny. Mm-hmm. It's nothing but Sneak disses from people in the organization that he thought he could trust. They they wanted him to turn away from his brother. And granted, Reggie has been kind of questionable, but that is Rose's brother. That's his family. You know, so I think that he just had a glimpse of what life is like without basketball. And maybe he said, it's not that bad. (laughs) You know, maybe being with my son is way more important than putting the city and the team on my back when they can turn. I actually, I don't know when the next time they'll turn their back on me is. So let me go ahead and continue to love my son. I'm going to bring my son to every game. I'm going to have his grandfather there, and we're going to go from there. And how my career turns out, it turns out. So I think Derrick Rose is smarter now. Down a distance. 
I couldn't have done it without these three guys today. This is family, the FOPs of the program. Definitely going to have them back on the podcast real soon. My guy Eugene McIntosh, go follow him right now at Scotty Piffin. Cameron Smith, CBS2 Chicago. Terrence Tomlin, man. And in closing, all I can say, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. The truth resided in your leader in this organization, and that leader was Joakim Noah. The moment you threw him under the bus, that's the moment that truth left the locker room. Hmm. When Joe told you they sucked and all the veterans got mad during this rookie season, he was telling you the truth. On a Sunday afternoon loss in New York, when he went at Tibbs about his knee and his playing time coming back from injury, he was telling you the truth. When he told you about Luau Dang and the type of man and the brother he was and how he's being mistreated, he was telling you the truth. When Derrick Rose was out and the return was happening and all of the leaks was coming out of that organization and all the narratives were being written and painting Derrick Rose in a negative light, Joe Kim Noah stepped to the mic and said, that's our brother. He's good. If he's not on this court, he's not ready to go. We still rock with him. That's my brother. And he's had his back ever since. And when he told you, or what we heard, that in the recent meeting on Easter Sunday, that he looked Derek and Jimmy in the face and said, yo, I got to check y'all because mm. y'all doing things the wrong way. Yes, sir. That's the truth that's left this organization. That's the truth that's left this locker room. It all left with Joe. Mm. The same kid that locked down Bobby Frazier as a sophomore and took four shots in the game to upset Brother Rice. Yeah, that kid that got that big scholarship in North Carolina. You remember him? Haven't heard of him since. At all. Derrick Rose locked him down a playoff game. Tim Flowers had the most points. Same guy in the state championship game. Number three player in the nation. Cool enough to only take one shot in the game. Yeah. Double digit assists. And that one shot was the game-winning shot. All this talk about an ego, you don't know the dude. Same guy that went to Memphis, best player on the court, still allowed another guy by the name of Douglas Roberts to go ahead and be the leading scorer. He didn't come in and try to squelch the situation. He was who he was. He is who he is. He knows who he is. Fast forward to the NBA. Ben Gordon is that guy. No problem. I'll run the point. I'll do whatever you need me to do, coach. And when the lights go on in the playoffs, I'll come out and drop 30 on the Boston Celtics because <laughs> I know I'm the best player on this team. I don't need the spotlight. Right. I don't need the titles. All I want to do is play ball and be with my team. And now, in the midst of this storm, I tell Chicago fans, if you have a problem with D-Rose, go do your homework. Down the distance, right here. We were here, now we're gone. Peace. <laughs>